After waiting three long months, the Hex is back. U.S. men's national team taking on Jamaica in Kingston on Friday. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. Along with me for the ride is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, man? Hey, Garrett. How's it going? It's going well. You know, you and I were talking before the show. I can't believe it's been three months. Where did the where, where's where has time gone? I don't know what happened to April or May, but they just disappeared because I feel like I was I was brushing snow off of my coat <laughs> in Den in uh, Denver just just last week, and here we are. We're in June. And and the, the the hex is back, and and, and the three qualifiers are here, and it, it's make or break time for the U.S. Yeah, it's uh, very important for the U.S. to to go win and, and have a strong performance against Jamaica. Ivis, we have a a great show lined up, tons to talk about. We have to talk about the MLS week, the Cosmos, red cards getting taken back, the hex. DPs coming to MLS, American exports and transfers. We got about to talk about the U20s in the World Cup, but before we get to all that, we need to talk about this U.S. men's national team. Uh, the last time they played Jamaica uh, in Jamaica was on September seventh, uh, two thousand twelve. The U.S. lost two to one. Um, you know, real, real quickly, let, let's look back on that match right there and uh, and, and just and break that down. Dempsey scored in the first thirty six seconds of the game, but. Uh, two unfortunate free kicks uh, Jamaica earned outside the box. Uh, they they converted those goals. Uh, quick, you know, quickly. You know, when you look back at that game, Ivis, you know, what do you what do you take from that game, if anything, for the U.S. going in, going into this game on Friday? Well, as you mentioned, um, it's a, it's a diff- going to be a different U.S. team U.S. team that goes to Kingston. That's in Kingston now. Um, you know, they had, they were missing some players. Michael Bradley was injured, so he he you know he's such a key player for them. He wasn't there in September. But uh, the takeaway from that game that I can remember is the fact that, you know, I don't really think Jamaica played all that well. Um, the U.S. didn't play well, but Jamaica didn't necessarily play well enough uh, to make you really worry that, you know, they, they have the U.S.'s number. It came down to, free, you know, some uh, a pair of free kicks, mm-hmm. uh, quality free kicks. And, and at the end of the day, if you're the U.S., you definitely can't allow or give up, you know, set pieces, dangerous set pieces like that. You know, I mean, Tim Howard obviously can make saves, but... You know, on that day, uh, they struck you know a pair of, of really good free kicks uh, to beat Howard and beat the U.S. Uh, I, I like the U.S.'s chances in this this time around uh, for a variety of reasons. You know, the looking at the field in Kingston on uh, Tuesday, uh, they played Mexico. Uh, you know, it looks like the conditions of the field are much better there, much more conducive to playing soccer. That was an issue I thought in September for the U.S. And I also think just the personnel that they have for this match mm-hmm. is much stronger than it was for that game. And and then ultimately, Jamaica's in in in, in bad shape right now. You know, they haven't won a match in, and, and they've played four, um, so they're they're really on their on their last legs in qualifying. And they didn't. And you know, they they had some chances against Mexico uh, that you know they could have made a game of it, but now they're in desperation mode, and and the, the pressure really is on them. When when you talk about that. Quickly, that that's September seventh. I mean, I had a chance to go back and watch the highlights of that game, and uh, you know, the, the U.S. really struggled with with their midfield play out of Beckerman and Do. And I mean, both of them caused the fouls, and, and which both led to the goals. How, you know, we're not going to see them at all. And, and you're right, Michael Bradley's presence is, is greater than Beckerman's or Do's will ever be for this team. And, and look, and, and I know there's a lot of people on your website that hate Beckerman. I I like him as a player. I mean, yeah. You know what you're going to get out of him. He's not going to be the greatest player in the world, but I mean, he's going to do what you ask of him. So for all that Beckerman hate, everyone just chill, relax on that, because um, he's probably going to be on the Gold Cup roster. But uh, going into this game, I was what we always do on the show for people who aren't familiar. We always go through the starting eleven, which I, I think is important. You know, and strangely enough, 
we could maybe see the same starting at 11 from Germany. Could, could that be the case? Well, I'll tell you what, if everyone's healthy, I think you absolutely will see the same exact lineup that we saw against Germany. The exact same one. So, but okay, I think I think the one player that everyone has the question mark is Fabian Johnson. Is there a chance that he plays again? Well, the the word out of the U.S. soccer, uh, the U.S. soccer camp is that he's healthy and he should be ready to go, and that he was take he was taken out of the Germany match uh, as a precautionary thing. I guess he had a little tightness in the hamstring. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily a full blown tear. Um, so, from that standpoint, I mean, if he if he can go, then you're going to see the same exact squad, and if he can't go. I think you're you're most likely to see Brad Davis there, although you could see Eddie Johnson there on the left wing. Mm-hmm. So so quickly, just Howard and goal, correct? Oh, we're gonna do the lineup. Well, we, we, well it's you the know, same quickly, lineup from Germany. Okay, well, I Tim just Howard, make it sure. Tim Howard, goalkeeper, uh, Beasley, Beasler, Gonzalez, Brad Evans in the back. Uh, the midfield will be should be uh, Fabian Johnson, Jermaine Jones, Michael Bradley, and Graham Zusi, and an up top. Uh, Josie Altador and Clint Dempsey. You know, when the U.S. goes in this game, tactically speaking, Ivis, what are they going to have to do for Jamaica? Because Jamaica's probably going to play. Uh, they're not going to be. They're not going to have a, as fast as a team as we've seen out of them in the past. They're probably going to play with five midfielders. So Jamaica will probably be playing more uh, balls up the top to get to Ryan Johnson, the Portland Timbers, which I, I think that will be beneficial to to Omar Gonzalez's game I, I think that you know he's, he's better in the air uh, especially with long balls you know we've seen maybe his decision making isn't the best but you know his height and, and his ability to to uh, defend uh, defend the long ball I think it's going to help out especially with Beasler who reads the game uh, very well but but tactically speaking what's the U.S. going to want to do are they, are they going to want to stretch the field are they going to want to play tight uh, are they going to want to play out of the back do, are they going to want to play uh, balls to the corners what what should we be watching for the U.S. and, and what do they need to do to, to break through Jamaica's defense? Well, uh, I, I, one thing I'd say is I'm not I'm not sure we should assume that that's going to be Jamaica's approach uh, based on what they did against Mexico. I, I think if anything, maybe that that game against Mexico is going to force Jamaica to reconsider their approach. Um, obviously, they have Darren Maddox, a speedy forward uh, who MLS fans are very familiar with. He's someone. That uh, you know, he he's got the quality, the speed to get behind the defense. Uh, and when you talk about the U.S., uh, Matt Beaster's fast, um, surprisingly, surprisingly so. But Omar Gonzalez, as we know, isn't isn't that great in space against speed. As you said, I agree with you. Ryan Johnson as a matchup is probably ideal for the U.S. Uh, if you make him the, the 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 focal point. So you know, Jamaica's got to know that. So from that standpoint, it wouldn't shock me if they they switch things up. They go with speed up top. Uh, ultimately, there's a few things that the U.S. has to be careful of, um, and and if anything, having just played them in a, in Kingston qualifying in September, some of this stuff should still be fresh in the mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, you have to watch them on a counter. Uh, they, they're, they're such a quick team uh, that you can't get overextended on uh, you know get you know get caught forward uh, up the field. Because they will they will capitalize on mistakes. You know they, they they will get forward. They have that that speed to get behind you. Uh, so a play that you know comes to mind, like say in Omar Gonzalez, if he gets if he gets sucked up forward, you know trying to lunge for a challenge and then gets caught out of position, um, you can get you can get burned that way. Uh, and he, and not to single him out because even like a Jeff Cameron, I can remember Jeff Cameron against Guatemala in a similar situation where he got sucked in upfield and then a long ball comes and Carlos Ruiz scores a goal, um, it, it can happen that easily. So I think from a U.S. standpoint, they need to be careful. 
as far as that goes. And also the midfield um, needs to be strong and needs to be disciplined. And, uh, you know, Jamaica has a really uh, strong midfield. Like they have a tough midfield that, uh, that can, bully, can bully a team if, if you're not careful. And, and I think that's part of the reason why Jurgen Klinsmann put out such a defensive-minded midfield in September. You know, he had Beckerman, Edu, and Jermaine Jones on the field. Um, this time around, you're not going to see that. This time around, you're going to see Jermaine Jones and Michael Bradley handling everything in the middle, and they, they can definitely do that. I mean, that, mm-hmm. they, that's... We saw that against have, Germany. I mean, Bradley right, exactly. did an outstanding job bringing the ball up, which which brought the German into the trap, and, and then whether he left it off to Jones, who had space on top of them, or stretched the field back to Evans, who then played it up to Altidore. I mean, I think if we can see more of that again, then then we'll all be very pleased as fans and, and uh, hopefuls for the U.S. Uh, you know, we, we'll be very happy if they're able to, to, to replicate what they did against Germany again versus Jamaica. Right. I mean, it's it's going to be a little tougher. Um, obviously, Jamaica's going to be it's going to be a more intense game. Uh, Germany was a little ca- a little casual, especially in the first half uh, with the way they played. Um, but again, my, uh, Bradley and Jones, you know, have shown some good chemistry, uh, but they have to be careful about the fouls, and especially Jermaine Jones, he has to be careful mm-hmm. about where he, you know, committing fouls in dangerous areas. That has, that's got to be at near the very top of the chalkboard for Jurgen Klinsmann. And I'm sure Tim Howard will highlight it with put some lines under it. <laughs> Do not give up set pieces in dangerous spots because that's pretty much going to be the the best way for them to, to threaten to score. Because I think otherwise, I think the U.S. defense is more than more than capable of, uh, of of containing Jamaica. So you know, if you keep if you take that out of the equation, if you look at the Mexico game on Tuesday, mm-hmm. you know Mexico beat Jamaica one nil. They did not um, give up any dangerous set pieces. They gave up plenty of corner kicks, but they did not give up any fouls in bad areas, thirty yards and in. And uh, you know that pretty, you know that's that's a weapon for Jamaica, without a doubt. It's a weapon for Jamaica. So I think this U.S. defense can can handle that, and I think this midfield of J- of Jones and Bradley, the way they're playing now, can handle that. Uh, when you when you go out to the uh, to, to the wing players, Graham Zuzi and uh, Fabian Johnson, I, I think Zuzi is now taking the role of the Landon Donovan, uh, you know, in the past of, of being that streaker on the right that's going to be able to send balls in. But uh, but Fabian Johnson almost kind of looked like like kind of Clint Dempsey in the Germany game, being able to come in, slash in, and create chances uh, on the inside. Do you think we'll see more of that against Jamaica with, with Zuzi playing the wing and, and Fabian Johnson cutting in and, and creating some chances in the, inside the middle? Well, I'll tell you, I, I think he'll stay wide more. I think it okay. depends on the opponent uh, that you play and what they give you. You have to take what they give you. i tell you what, Jamaica, uh, looking at their game on Tuesday, one of the weakest links on that team uh, was their right back, uh, Powell who was beaten by Mexico repeatedly, and including on the game-winning goal. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to start on Friday, but if he does start, he's absolutely a player that Fabian Johnson can get the better of uh, working down the flanks. Uh, I, I, don't think, I don't think against Jamaica you want, you want uh, Fabian Johnson pinching in a ton because that kind of goes right into the heart of, of, of where Jamaica's going to have uh, forces. You want to stay wide. You want to beat their fullbacks who aren't necessarily the best fullbacks and I think, and, and, and provide some service. So, I mean, obviously you go where the space is, you go, what you go, you but, know, but where, they, give where you. They, they give you opportunities, but I think Fabian Johnson against their right back is going to be a great matchup for the U S and, and I think for Josie Altador, we obviously want to see more of the same, you know, him running around, taking balls on the wings, passing it back in. I think the one interesting thing about Josie Altador from the Germany game that you could take is, is the fact that 
how wide he was on two of those goals. On the goal that he scored, uh, I mean, he started almost kind of on the left side, then cut back into the box, which really confused Germany on the defense. And then, and then on the assist that he had for Dempsey, uh, I think he uh, took a kind of a over touch on the ball and ended up uh, on the touch line to the left and then crossed it back into Dempsey. So I think if we could see more of Josie Altidore creating chances and, re- and creating a, a, a uh, uh, making Jamaica pay attention to him more on the wings. I think that will suit Dempsey very well in this game because we've seen that at Dempsey. I mean, Dempsey's really good at at coming up after the run of play and then assessing what needs to be done and scoring goals. I think if we can see that out of Altidore in this, um, I, I think that we'll be very pleased and I think we'll see another outstanding performance from him in Jamaica if he does it. I think it's it's going to be a very different matchup. Um, obviously, J- Jamaica's defense is, is not as strong as uh, as the German defense that we saw. Even though I, you look at the score and they gave up three goals, um, not counting that own goal, they gave up three goals. Still, it was a tough Germany defense um, that was out there. Uh, Jamaica will give up chances, but it, again, it comes down to the midfield and what the midfield can do. Um, what the midfield can do to to create chances, and, and if Johnson's healthy. And starts he'll mm-hmm. he'll do that and even even if he's not I think Brad, I think Brad Brad Davis can can certainly get on the, on the field against that Jamaica team and provide some good service um, and as for Zussi Zussi you know he he played one of his best games maybe his best game as a national team player came against Jamaica uh, although it was in Columbus it wasn't in Kingston um, he's had success against them so uh, you know he's not gonna it's not gonna be a new experience for him. He should go into that match with confidence. And, and as far as the bench goes, uh, any chance that we'll see Hercules Gomez in this? Uh, Eddie Johnson, Terrence Boyd. I mean, question: uh, who, who who could be coming off the bench in this? Well, it sounds like Gomez is uh, not looking good to play in this game because he's he's got a knee contusion and he's been sidelined and hasn't been training. Um, but as far as other guys off the bench, I think if Johnson plays, um, I think Eddie. I th- if Fabian Johnson starts, I think you're going to see Davis. And or Eddie Johnson come off, um, come off the bench, and I think Terrence Boyd comes off the bench. I think uh, you know what what you're going to want to do if you're Klinsman is really send Altidore at them mm-hmm. um, for a, you know give him all he's got for seventy minutes, 60, 65, 70, 75 minutes, and then bring a, a fresh Terrence Boyd on. Um, you also have to remember uh, the, these are three games in succession. Uh, the next game uh, against Panama is on Tuesday, so. You know that's pretty quick turnaround, so you, you're not going to want to burn out uh, Altidore, have him play 90 in Kingston, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the temperature's going to be. Um, so I, I think we're going to see Boyd. Uh, I think we'll see either Davis or Eddie Johnson, and then the third sub. I think it, it, it'll depend on how Jones and Bradley are holding up. You know, anyone who remembers Jones uh, in the heat in Honduras uh, in February, he didn't hold up too well, so. If, if the conditions are really hot, I mean, it won't be as hot as Honduras because, let's face it, Honduras was middle of the day, 100 degrees plus. I mean, it's not going to be that bad. But So he should be fine. He should be fine. But if he's not fine, I think you could see Sasha Kleshton, uh come in and partner with Michael Bradley. Uh, the other thing I saw was that seven players, I believe, are going into this game with yellow cards. Is that correct, Ivis? Right. Okay. Uh, it's Beasley, Bradley. Uh, Beasler, Davis, Dempsey, Fabian Johnson, and Graham Zuzzi, all with yellows going into this game. So, you know, hey, depending on, on how they look, too, I mean, we can maybe see some substitutions for guys who maybe, you know, creating too many fouls. You know, you want to take them out and have them for that next game. If there's an area of concern for the for this U.S. team heading into Friday's game, I think most U.S. fans would agree it's probably the center back position and Omar Gonzalez, um, assuming he starts. Obviously, we don't know if he's going to start. But all signs kind of point to that. 
I don't I don't know if any player in the two friendlies uh, struggled as much as he did. I mean, without a doubt, he struggled in both games. Uh, the, you know, the Belgian game was a shocker. The Germany game, he had a direct hand in two of the goals that they scored. Uh, he was beaten on a header of all things. And he, uh, he gave, you know, he, he laid off his guy a little too much and, and, and gave up a look that became another goal. So he, he's coming into this game, uh, on shaking footing and it really is, uh, you know, you have to think this could be his, his last chance to, to really prove that he's the guy to build, uh, build around Klinsman clearly, sees Gonzalez as as someone he wants to help he wants to build his defense around. But if he struggles in this Jamaica game, if he has if he has a shocker, if he gives up a winning goal, um I think Klinsman has to at that point uh turn to Jeff Cameron uh to replace him. Uh that being said, I think Gonzalez has a good game. I think him and Beast are uh combined well. Uh you know, to be fair, that I mean the Belgium game is, you know, Belgium is so stacked and then the Germany game, you know, that one is a little bit of cause cause for concern. But I think he, I think Gonzalez rebounds, and I think he has a good game against Jamaica. I think you're right. I, I look, I, I like Gonzalez. I, you're right. The talent's there. He, he's a good player. He, there's just a couple things here that, that he needs to tighten up as a player. But I, I think he will as as he just gets more games. Or you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm being too hopeful. But I'm well, you, be hopeful. I, I will say this. Like, I mean, I had a chance to talk to him down in DC mm-hmm. about his struggles, you know, and about the fact that, you know, maybe this year hasn't gone according to plan. And, and he has had his moments both in MLS and with the national team where he's, you know, made mistakes and he's pretty much uh, admitted that, you know, maybe he's, he's overthinking things, um, putting a little pressure on himself instead of reacting and just letting mm-hmm. his instincts kind of guide him. And, and, and he, there's something to be said for that. And, and for the pressure that he's under and, and, and this new kind of challenge as a regular starter, he's shown that he can do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Mexico game, I mean, we all remember how dominant he was in that game. Oh, yeah. Um, And and that was a game where he really just let it fly. You know, he really just went at Mexico. He didn't think too much. He just blew everything up. And that's the kind of game he has to have against Jamaica. He doesn't have to think about things. He just has to head head the ball away, Mm -hmm. boot the ball away. Don't try to get cute. Um, Jamaica, you know, Jamaica's attack, their forwards are not the most dangerous international forwards you're going to see. So from a challenge standpoint, it, it, it's set up well uh, for, for, for Gonzalez to have a good game. Well, especially depending on the formation that Jamaica comes out. I think on a one-on-one situation, if, if Jamaica has Ryan Johnson up there, I think Gonzalez will do fine. I need a prediction, Ivis. I'm going to say 3-1. to one. What do you think? 3-1 to one who? USA, man. I'm going, I'm going for 3-1 to one victory, USA. All right. I'm going to just lay out some facts for you. Number one, the U.S. has never won. I know they haven't. A qualifier. I know. They're 0-1-4 so, in Jamaica. They're 0-4 in, uh, well, they've, it's five games. I think they've had, like, one tie. Um, but, you know, I'm not saying the U.S. Won't, uh, can't win or won't win, but 3-1 is a little ambitious. I, I, I think uh, I'm going to go, probably go 2-1, 2-1 U.S. I think the U.S. is going to win. Um I think Jamaica will give them a fight, but you know if the U.S. can put chances on on the board. I mean, unless Donovan Ricketts has a monster game, I mean he is capable of doing that. Donovan Ricketts can take over a game, the Portland Timbers goalkeeper. Um, but barring that, I think the U.S. is going to go into that game with confidence. Jamaica is going to go in desperate, and if things don't go their way, I think they could lose the plot pretty quickly. Uh, it's going to be up. To, I think Josie Altidore has another big game. I think he's going to carry it over carry the momentum from the Germany game. And uh, I think he has at least one goal, and I think the U.S. wins 2-1. to one. 
two to one. Um, at, uh, Ivis, when when you look at the hex, uh, Mexico has a game up right now, but they have six points. Panama five, Costa Rica four, USA is in fourth with four. That 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 that's not an automatic qualifier. Um, I think the the winner of uh, whoever finishes fourth in the Concacaf has to play the winner of uh, Oceania, which might be New Zealand. It could be Tahiti because I, I think Tahiti's in the Confederations Cup, which I think is hilarious. Uh, then you have Honduras and Jamaica games also on Friday. You have like we said, USA versus Jamaica, obviously. Uh, then you have Costa Rica and Honduras, and then you have Panama and Mexico. Uh, do, I mean, out of those, do, do you see any 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 any? things coming out out of the other two games that are also going to be played on Friday? Well, first thing, I think we should look back a little bit at Tuesday's game. Uh, for those who who missed it, Mexico played in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. They, beat, they beat Jamaica 1-0. Uh, the reason the schedule is mixed up the way it is is because Mexico is playing in the Confederations Cup. So CONCACAF moved up the qualifier to June 4th, which really... It, it, you know, puts Jamaica and Mexico at a disadvantage, um, especially Jamaica. If you think about it, they're desperate for points. Now they have to play Mexico and the U.S. back to back. They're going to come in. They're going to have. They're going to be tired. They're going to be a little tired having just played Tuesday. And then you have Mexico now. Mexico has to travel to Panama and play a, a rested Panama team. That's that you know that's played really well in the hex. So I don't. I don't see. Back, I don't see any issues with this at all whatsoever. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I am very okay with Mexico and Jamaica having to play on short days rest, uh, more games. Well, no one's saying there's teams. anything wrong with it. It's just <laughs> laying out the facts. Of, of oh, what I know, these I know. They're dealing with. I mean, these, I mean, Panama is is a tough team, right? And Mexico hasn't really played well this year. I mean, it's crazy to think that going into that game against Jamaica, they hadn't won the game yet. They tied all their games leading up to that point, right? So, you know. That game they could have they could have easily uh, tied as well. Uh, you know they also created a ton of chances and mm-hmm. blown it away. Mexico is not playing well right now. I, I think anyone who watches them regularly can agree to that. Now they have to go to Panama, not an easy place to play, and uh, and try to get at least a point out of that. Um, I, you know I don't I don't I don't know if they I don't know if they're going to do it. I tell you what I don't know if they're going to do it. I think Panama's rested. I think they're tough at home. Really? I think Panama. I think Panama gets the win there, and then that's going to really, really put some pressure on Mexico. That, that will put a ton of pressure on Mexico, especially if uh, USA gets the win. I mean, you'll just – look, I, I know there's more games to be played, but you're right. Uh, I don't know. I, I saw the Mexico versus Nigeria game. I thought Mexico played really well in that game. I think they're starting to finally get it going. You don't think that? They showed some good signs, but, again, it was a friendly – uh, it's hard to take put too much stock into that game, and at the end of the day, they still they still tied, right? Well, I mean, they, okay, but before the red card, though, Mexico was playing out of their mind, though. They were playing well. They were playing well, but they've done that in in they hey, against Honduras. They were playing. They were, they, they were killing Honduras in Honduras, and they end up giving up two goals late in time. So, I'm not saying Mexico is not talented. They are talented. They just haven't quite put it together. If they can put it together. Yeah, of course. They can beat Panama. They could win anywhere in CONCACAF mm-hmm. if they put it together, except maybe the U.S. I don't know if I'm going to give them – I don't know if I have them – I don't know if I give them a chance. That, I don't see them beating the U.S. in the U.S. if the U.S. is playing well. But Panama, that's going to be a tough one. Obviously, if you're the U.S., you, you want to you tie. You want both teams to drop points. Um, but I think for me, I would pick Panama in that game unless Mexico can, re, can really figure out the finishing. Um, they created chances against Jamaica, but the finishing just hasn't quite been there. Uh, Chicharito 
it, you know, he he did score a couple in the, in that friendly, but from the qualifying standpoint, he's got to step it up. Um, the uh, also in uh, U.S. men's national team news on, on the the lower the lower uh, squad, the U twenties. Uh, lost their final game of the uh, Talon tournament uh, to South Korea, but now they're going to start gearing up for the uh, for the U twenty World Cup, and they, they have a very very tough group. We've talked about this, Ivis. Uh, they're taking on France, Ghana, and Spain. The first game for them is going to be on June twenty first. You just put out uh, your projection for the roster for people who haven't looked at it. Um, we don't need to go over all the names, but um, you know so, so who are who are the notable names that 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 are now on the roster that weren't with the team originally for that for the uh, for that tournament in France. Well, the roster's not out yet. We put out a you know I put out a projected roster, which I think that's is, what I uh, did. I, did I, I said yeah. The, did, I, did I say the roster's out? I didn't mean to I say that. I, I, I meant to I say that you sent out a prediction right. for what you thought was going to be the roster on your website. That's what I mean to say. Right. Um, you know, as far as new names on it, I think Alonzo Hernandez is a name. Uh, he's the Monterey forward. He's someone who's become, who's a late addition to the group. Uh, his, his debut was in the Toulon tournament, and he showed, I think he showed Ty Ramos enough to justify bringing him along. Um, as far as other surprises, that uh, as far as the projections that I made, uh, Kellen Acosta, uh, the young FC Dallas uh, defender slash midfielder, this kid is is a future star, right? I mean, he's a young he's the youngest guy on the in the in the pool. He's seventeen. He's young enough to be on the next U twenty cycle, but he's got some good quality and he's versatile. He can play both fullback positions. He can even play in the, he can play in the midfield if you need him. Uh, he's someone who I think Todd Ramos finds a spot for uh, on that team. Uh, one player who isn't on my projected roster and someone who I've talked about recently, who I think should be on the team, is Walker Zimmerman. When you look at the the most the likely projected roster for the U.S., there isn't a single natural center back on it, and that's a little scary. I know Shane O'Neill is playing now for the Rapids, Colorado Rapids. He's gotten a bunch of games at center back. He's learned the he's learning the position. But as anyone who saw the their, the last U.S. game against South Korea, you saw him commit a pretty big blunder. You can, you can kind of see that, yes, he's still pretty new to the position. So when you have him and Caleb Stanko as your starting center backs, um, it makes me wonder what it is, why why it is that Todd Ramos isn't more seriously considering Walker Zimmerman as an option on his team, even to have on his roster, you know? I mean, just to have a real pure, big center back who can, you know, handle things in the air. Uh, I just don't get it. I don't get, like, why he, you know, it seems likely at this point barring some surprises that he won't be on the team. Um, from, uh, from an attacking standpoint, though, there's quite there's a, you know, a bunch of talent on there, obviously. Jose Villarreal, Danny Cuevas, uh, Mario Rodriguez, uh, Luis Gil, obviously the Real Salt Lake midfielder. So there's good quality there. I mean, they, you know, they can create chances. But for me, the, the, the defense, the, I, that's the part that worries, I think, anyone who follows this team closely because I just don't know if that defense is going to be good enough. Was that the biggest mistake uh, in the tournament they had in France? Because obviously the the goal of the U.S. wasn't to go out there and go one and three. That that wasn't the plan. But unfortunately, they did. Um, what what can the U.S. do, or what can they what can the U twenties do going into the World Cup that that they can fix that? I mean, is it is it finding a a pair that can play center back, or they're going to have to play more conservatively? What are they going to have to do differently than than the result they got in this recent tournament? Well, again, the result wasn't the important thing there. The the, the the most important part of that tournament was 
letting Ty Ramos see some some new faces and make some decisions on the la- on the final roster spots. And I think from that standpoint, it, it, it served its purpose because I think he saw enough of Alonzo Hernandez now to put him on his team. I think he saw enough of Victor Pineda, uh, the Chicago Fire homegrown player, to put him on the team. Um, you know, I think he, uh, just looking at the rest of the group, obviously Kellen Acosta is another, another player. Uh, I think those guys will be on the team. Um, so, I don't know, what's missing? I, I, the defense, you know, it, it, it's interesting because if you look at the, the struggles of recent years, uh, when you talk about younger age group teams, when you talk about the Olympic qualifying team a year ago, when you talk about the U-20 team that did not qualify uh, before that, um, the big problem with both those teams was the defense um, and, the, and the defense kind of breaking down and then and there being really uh, serious questions about the about the defense. And, uh, and, and you know, when you talk about the Olympic qualifying team that didn't qualify, uh, there were definitely questions raised about uh, the selections of the roster and whether or not, the you know, that that. You know, Caleb Porter's center back selections were, were good enough. And now here we are again. Ty Ramos is kind of repeating history in a way um, by toying with the idea of not bringing any, bringing any natural center backs. Along. Well, is, 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 and, there, is there anyone that's good? Because it seems like the majority of them uh, aren't fully 100% healthy. So if there is a healthy one out there, just, just, just you know, humor me, Ivis. Who, who could it be? I'll tell you what, Walker is Zimmerman. I mean, I know he. Took a knock recently. I mean, he, first of all, he was sidelined by a, a, a groin injury, I believe it was, for a long time. Took him a long time to get out and get over that, and that cost him his place in the mix. Because I mean, at one point he was the U twenty captain, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gotten a chance to play some games for FC Dallas. He had a start. He he started and played well in the game recently. So I think from that standpoint, he's shown that he's he's got that levels that he can play. He can play at a higher level, and he can play. He and if he's healthy, I'm sorry. If he's healthy, I put him on the team. I find a way to get him on the team, just because you know what? <laughs> if it comes down to it that, that your center backs aren't good enough, um, I don't know what type, what's what's he going to do then. I mean, it's it's like sink or swim with this group, with these guys, and uh, you know, I, I think I think that could end up being the Achilles heel. That could be end up being what keeps them. From from advancing out of that group of death, and uh, I mean, it, it, not to just be all negative. I mean, listen, the attack. There's some definitely some intriguing possibilities there. I mean, I know the Toulon tournament was not not that impressive, um, but again, you didn't have Villarreal, you didn't have Gil, you didn't have Mario Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three of those guys, I think, are going to play roles. Um, th- I mean, they're definitely going to play key roles uh, in the attack that plays in Turkey. Um, so I think the offense is going to be there. I think they're going to be fun to watch with the ball. But when the opponents have the ball and when the opponents are coming at Cody Cropper, that's when we're going to find out whether or not Todd Ramos made the right calls or made the wrong calls with his defense. Well, if anything, they could just call up the Ivis Galarsep and Garrett Cleverly center back pairing. I think with your with your strength <laughs> and my speed, we, we could be pretty good back there. <laughs> I think I'll play in goal up before anything. <laughs> uh, 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 well, the, like, hey, the U.S. is, is a very tough uh, – Tough group draw. I think it's the group of death. Yeah, for for that World Cup, the U.S. Like we said, um, they're gonna be playing France, Ghana, and Spain. Uh, great opportunity to see where we really match up against the world's best. But at the same time, though, it, it could be, um, <laughs> it could be, it could be pretty ugly. You know, it, it's it, the first games on uh, first game for the U.S. is June twenty first. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens out of this, Ivis. 
Right. I mean, it's going to be a sink or swim thing. Uh, I don't think anyone should go crazy if they go three and out, if they're if they're 0 and 3. I think the key, you know, what you hope for for this team is, is to go out and play some play some good soccer and, and go at these teams. I mean, and even, you know, even if you lose, even if you lose all three, if you at least play well and challenge these teams and can play on their level, then you know what? You can, you can walk away and say, you know what? We, we saw some good things. But if they go out there and get dominated, destroyed, manhandled, abused, which, you know, hey, th- th- there were points in, in this recent uh, Toulon tournament where it just looked really ugly, then you're going to have to come away from that and thinking, man, what is going on with the young talent in, uh, in, in MLS and in, in American soccer in general? Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think they're going to get manhandled, um, but I do have a lot of concerns about that defense. Um, the uh, the um, don't don't know what I was going to say. I have no transition for this. Uh, let's move on. Let's let's uh, let's move on from the national team. Let's let's kind of keep it national team. Uh, tons of news right now with the uh, with the Americans abroad and the transfer market. Hercules Gomez going to I think now the uh, everyone's favorite uh, Mexican club, the Cholos of Tijuana. Uh, good move for Hercules Gomez right there, and uh, I think Tijuana has now what eight Americans on their team. I don't know how many they have, but it seems like they're adding more and more. I mean, there's even rumors now that Demarcus Beasley is is in Ooh. talks with them. So, I mean, if they get Beasley to go with uh, Gomez, Joe Corona, Edgar Castillo, Greg Garza, and that's just first team players. I mean, man, that's that's uh, that's one way to market yourself to the U.S. for sure, well, especially and, uh, the San Diego fan base too. Right. I mean, they have San Diego on lock. And I try to tell people this: anytime someone comes. At, comes up with the why don't people why don't they just move Chivas USA to San Diego and it's and I tell them it's like listen Tijuana has San Diego they already have it they have it on lock they've they, they've you know it's right there so the fan the you know the soccer fans in San Diego have taken to Club Tijuana and 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 to the credit the the Cholos are, are taking full advantage of that um, you know they're, they're catering to that you know they, they're adding Americans they're adding good Americans I mean let's face it Hercules Gomez is a quality player. He's someone who, you know, MLS, you know, he should, he'd be, he should be a DP. But I mean, I don't know who's, I don't know what teams are stepping up to, to make that offer. Uh, but hey, this, this team, the team's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens next with this team because obviously they, they their, ma- their manager has gone back to Argentina. Mohamed, uh, he, he was such a key to their success, right? So mm-hmm. now we're gonna see how this team uh, keeps it together under a new manager and uh and see who sticks around i mean you know they're losing players duvier riascos is has left now uh, i believe he went to pachuca uh so you've already seen the the player exodus begin i mean even edgar castillo is, is you know there's been talk that he you know he, he would be open to going to brazil so uh, tijuana is in a team is a team in transition but they definitely have some good american roots and they've definitely positioned themselves to be that Team of choice, you know. If you're an American fan you, and you want to have a team to root for, you know, root for the team that has a bunch of Americans on it and is right on the border that you could actually go see pretty easily if you happen to be in San Diego. So, uh, you know, you, you have to like what they're doing. Do you put any stock into that uh, Castillo rumor? Do you think that could happen? I don't know. You know that that kind of stuff. It, it always, you know, you always get those kind of random stories when someone harmlessly says, "Yeah, sure, I, I, Brazil is nice. I, <laughs> I wouldn't mind playing there." And boom, someone's writing a full blown, you know, story about it. So you always have to take those with a grain of salt. Um, but as we've seen through his career, Castillo is not afraid to, you know, jump around uh, from team to team. Um, but hey, you know what? He's had he's had two really good years there. 
and maybe it's time for a new challenge for him. So, you know, you can't really begrudge him if, if maybe he's ready uh, for the next step. I mean, let's face it, he's never been at a club this long. He, I mean, he bounced around so much in Mexico that maybe being there two years feels like 10 years now just based on his his own, uh, you know, schedule. So it wouldn't shock me if he moved to a, to a bigger club. But as long as he's moving to a bigger club, that that's that's what you want to see for a a U.S. national team player. Also, the uh, Tijuana is in the CONCACAF Champions League. The draw was held the the other day. and There was some controversy surrounding it that there's a rule that the Mexican and the American clubs cannot be in the same group, and, and yet they are put in the same group. I mean, what, do you, what do you make of all this skeptical? I mean, it's embarrassing, right, Ivis? It's just mismanagement. You know, they, they, it, it, it's, if, if you know your own rules, you should be able to put together a process that that, you know, prevents these kind of mistakes and and anyone who follows the uefa champions league draw i mean they have it all down they have it all they have the whole thing figured out they have the pots and the balls and 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 every and so this kind of thing never happens but then Concacaf uh tries it and and they're it's a complete mess like they had nothing they didn't have the mexican and american team separated i mean basically if these teams can't play each other you, you should have a pot with eight, with just the eight American and, and Mexican teams, if that's your rule. But they didn't even do that. So then, so you ended up with two matchups. It's funny because those at, at the time of the draw, you end up with Galaxy, the LA Galaxy versus Cruz Azul, and Club Tijuana versus the Houston Dynamo. And those those were like, wow, you know, I know I, I was like, wow, those are great matchups. This is this is you know the group stage is going to be fun. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> they're not supposed to play each other. Well, you, you uh, so also it, you also point you also pointed out that that actually this it, it helped out the American teams. Uh, that, I'm sorry, the, not the American teams. It's horrible to say that the MLS teams because MLS teams would be in uh, in season form, but the Mexican teams would have been in uh, in preseason form. That would have been beneficial for us. Right. It, that's the, and that's the thing. Like you know, it, <laughs> I don't know if people realize, but uh, one of the issues that MLS teams have when you talk about the knockout rounds of the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Is that they are usually just starting their season or in their preseason? MLS has, has started earlier and earlier in recent years, but I mean, you only had to go back three years ago when MLS teams would be in their preseason and they'd have to be playing in in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, the knockout rounds. Meanwhile, the ML, uh, the Mexican teams are in season; they've got a few months under their belt, so they're obviously going to be sharper. So, from that standpoint, that's always been a, uh, an advantage for the Mexican teams, right? They're 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 ahead. They're much further ahead in in, in uh, it, when it comes to their sharpness and 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 match fitness. If you put the MLS teams and the Mexican teams together in the same mm-hmm. groups, obviously you'd have situations where you know uh, you're gonna have a strong team uh, knocked out of the group stage. But if you you know if you have the Galaxy playing Cruz Azul when Cruz Azul is just starting their preseason, meanwhile the the Galaxy are in the middle of a season. I mean that would have helped. I would have helped MLS, but you understand why why Concacaf does it. I mean, they, they you know as far as they're concerned, those are the two strongest leagues in the region. So generate the most money. Well, there's that too, and that's the thing. I mean, people are going to look at it and say, money "Oh, talks. conspiracy theories." You want to you want to have you want to you know they want to protect the the big teams. Um, and you know what? They're, you know, they're, yeah, t- you know, you know sure, what? Tough, to tough. That. You know, there's, tough. You know what then? <laughs> right. No, I'm exactly. serious, dude. You, you, look, the, the MLS and Mexican teams generate the most money. I mean, look, what, is, is Valencia the Haitian team? I mean, come on. I, I don't want to be mean, but come on. Who do you think is going to generate more money for this? Well, you know, there, there is an, an argument when you talk about the Canadian representative 
Montreal is is the Canadian representative this year. And folks in Canada will argue that, hey, Canadian teams have done pretty well in the Champions League. You know, why should we not get that kind of protection uh, to avoid MLS slash Mexican teams? You know, well, they got put in with San Jose and uh, and they, they, there's a Guatemalan team that hasn't been announced yet for their group. I, I think the impact can can win that group uh, with the earthquakes oh, and right. whatever no, Guatemalan I agree. teams in there. I, have I think, I think yeah, I think Montreal's fine in that group right there. But you're I right. Know, but any I think other it's group, just though? a general principle. I think yeah. some people say, and I, I don't know if I buy that either, because I think, OK, you know what? Just because Toronto got a couple of results here and there. <laughs> doesn't all of a sudden mean that Canada's going to get multiple places now. While their season was in the toilet. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. So it, it's, the group stage, looking at the matchups, there's not a lot of super enticing matchups. I think MLS, I think, I think MLS should have four teams into the quarterfinals. Um, and um, I think Montreal beat San Jose when you look at that matchup. And San Jose is just playing terribly right now. I just don't see them turning around. Montreal is the best team in the league right now for my money. Uh, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Not good. Oh, Not good. okay. Well, I was gonna say we 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 got off topic. We 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 went to talk uh, Americans abroad. Also, in other news, uh, Eric Lehigh is a free agent. Has left Villa. Uh, do you think he could could he be coming to MLS? Uh, I think what the the Fire own his rights. How do the Fire own his rights? Who's I don't do know. That? I'm taking a guess on that because he's from no, Chicago. No, who, no. who owns him? That has nothing to do with anything. Nobody owns his rights. He he came. He uh, he left the University of North Carolina, and and signed in Europe. So nobody owns his rights. But although he is a national team pool, he has played for the national team. Therefore, he would go through allocation. But no, I don't think he's coming to MLS. I mean, why would he? I mean, he's young. He's he's got games under his belt in the Premier League. He will sign with somebody in the in in England. I, I don't know if he'll necessarily sign with a Premier League team, but I think without a doubt. He'll find a job in the league championship. Um, he 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 will stay. In, for my money, I think he stays in England, and uh, hopefully he 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 finds a team where he can play regularly. I still say he's someone who Klinsman should be looking at and should have have looked at by now. I think the fact that he's not even on the Gold Cup uh, preliminary roster is a little surprising to me. I mean, I just I, like how does a guy why who's is got, that? I, you know what? I I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know how a guy who's got a dozen Premier League starts over the last couple of years um, can't even get a Gold Cup roster look. I just think that's I, it, it's a little it's a little bit of a head scratcher. I would say. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. Uh, I I agree. It's I, I think that, but everyone's had that argument for a while, especially on on Lehigh. Why is not getting called up? Uh, in non in non Americans abroad news, but just in just sexy news. Uh, I called this weeks ago. I swear I did, Ivis, on this show or somewhere. I said this weeks ago, but I said that Dos Santos to the Galaxy would just be awesome. And what do you know? Reports are coming out that he might do that. One, I hope it happens. What What do you think? I would love for it to happen. So th- uh, this is MLS. This is not non-MLS. No, right? no, no, no. Yeah, you said we, non-MLS. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Listen, if it happens, it'd be absolutely a, a, a great step, not just for the Galaxy, but for MLS to have a young player. I mean, he's still only 24. To have a young star like him leave Europe and come play here, I think it'd be amazing. Um, is it going to happen? I don't know if I'd bet on it happening. I mean, clearly the Galaxy, they're all in. They, 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 they've thrown up big money off for Adam, according to these reports. We're hearing eight million dollars a year. Ridiculous. That's the offer, which that's, is more than uh, that's not ridiculous. That's what you, that's what it costs. That's what the market is for a player his age. I mean, that's not ridiculous. That's what it is. I know, I know. 
but just on the world in the world market. If you want to deal with the big boys, if you want to compete with the big <laughs> boys, you got to spend money. That's just how it goes. He's a star. He's someone. You know what? Eight million dollars. That sounds like a ton of money, right? It's more money than Beckham uh, made uh, as far as salary in MLS, right? That's like four teams' payrolls. But listen, <laughs> Giovanni De Santos is a star, right? He's a Mexican star. You put him in LA, you're gonna you, not only are you gonna sell out every game. You, you could put games in, you know, in bigger venues. You're definitely going to sell enough Giovanni Dos Santos LA shirts. I mean, let's be honest. How many of those do you think they could sell, right? And then on and then on the field, from a play standpoint, he's a quality player. I think he fit right in there. Uh, when you when you just think about it, uh, think of an attack with Robbie Keenan and Donovan and Giovanni Dos Santos. That's crazy. Oh no. So you know what? If you MLS, if you're MLS and you're the Galaxy, you're praying. That DeSantos takes it seriously. Uh, another reason for LA to want the deal is because you know they, they have a big multi million dollar uh, TV deal uh, that includes like a Spanish uh, a channel as well. So you know that that's you're talking content, your you know marketability that, that DeSantos can bring. Um, again, it's not done. It's it just just sounds like it, an offer was made. Does it mean he's going to take it? No. But at the same time, considering all the drama that that, that De Santos has experienced in Europe, with what has with, with with what has been an absolutely frustrating time at Tottenham, where he just couldn't get any minutes, and now he's you know now he's at Mallorca and, he, and he's uh, he, he's he's owned by two teams now. He's like fifty percent ownership stake. You could understand if he'd want to leave that whole thing and try something new. I don't know if it'll happen. I don't think it'll happen. But if it does, I think it'd be great for MLS. Big step to have a young star choose MLS. A young star. Because it's one thing if you're a 31, 32-year-old player. You know, if you're 30 and up. But to have a 24-year-old? I mean, I think that would be a, a very important precedent. I hope so. I love Dos Santos. And, and I could see it now. If Dos Santos moves over and plays well... And starts blowing it up on MLS, and he scores like what a goal against the USA. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, blah, blah, blah. that's what happens." He comes over here and he gets his form, blah blah blah. And, oh my god! I, I one, I hope he comes over because I just love watching him play. Um, but uh, it's just it's gonna be funny watching everyone just bitch and complain about this him moving over to the Galaxy. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's gonna do that. I, Listen, dude, they are. Dude, that, everyone's that, talking about how it's unfair that, and blah blah blah. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, what? Yeah. What? Gio DeSantos has burned the U.S. even when he hasn't been playing. So I don't think that's going to be oh, no, I agree. difference one way or the other. So I think it only helps the league when you can bring someone like him because, I mean, it just shows um, that MLS is really trying to compete on an international level. And it also says quite a bit that, you know, they can bid for a player like him and beat out Mexico. I mean, think about the money in Mexico that some te- that a te- there is no team uh, making a really hard play. I mean, I'm sure there must be some interest in Mexico for him. There has to be, right? There has to be offers. But to have a player like him come to MLS sets a great precedent. And I think then then if he does well, and then he goes to Mexico and he plays well for the national team, then that next that next player, that next generation. Of players, they're going to look at that and say, you know what, I, they, you know, MLS is a great place to come. It, it's not a, it's not a dead end league. It's not an old timers league. It's a, per, it's a great <laughs> option. There's good money there, and I can, I can, I can go from there to Europe. <laughs> old timers league, I like that. Well, you know, hey, listen, <laughs> it used to be pretty clear that it was an old timers league, right? I mean, they used to put some serious money into some older guys. 
And you still have some older players coming in. And there's nothing wrong with having older players. The problem in the past was when you would overpay for guys who were in their mid-30s who just don't have much left. Um, I don't think MLS has – I don't think teams have to do that anymore. I think teams can, can, go, can go shopping around the world for players and get a younger player, get, uh, get a better quality player, a player who's closer to their prime mm-hmm. than it used to be. I think that from that, I think of of the things that the league has improved that, I think that's definitely one of them. Uh, Keeping MLS, the league uh, did a very good job taking back the red cards that Obi-Femi Martins earned against Chivas USA. I believe now the the referee, uh, Ricardo Salazar, I believe that's the second red card this season that has been uh, removed by MLS. And I think, mate, what, the fifth red card that he's given the Sounders in five straight games? I I, I mean, we, we talk about how... The, the, the refereeing has been poor, and, and, and look, there's enough for us to say about it, but, I mean, look, getting two red cards taken back in one season, that is completely unacceptable. Well, I, listen, folks in Seattle are very aware of Ricardo Salazar's track record, right? I think anyone who follows the league at this point knows his track record when it comes to Seattle matches. So what I don't get is, how does he still keep getting Sounders matches? Like, what does it take? You know what I mean? I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I, in England, when you have controversy between a player and a referee, you just not. You know, they, they they usually do a good job of keeping keeping them away from each other. Um, I think it was a Clattenburg with the uh, the whole Chelsea racism thing. You didn't see Clattenburg doing Chelsea games after that. I mean, I you know, I could be wrong, I, but he didn't do it for a while. I know that. How does Salazar? Uh, keep getting Seattle, Seattle Sounders matches. How does it, I mean, seriously, like how many times? I mean, I, I'm like, you know, I, I'm not a big conspiracy guy. Uh, you know me, I, I, I don't buy a lot of that stuff. But I like, why does MLS like keep playing into it? You know, they have other referees. Send someone else. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's they, just, maybe, it's they just, maybe they hate Seattle. <laughs> See, there you go. That's because no, it's conspiracy. Bum, bum, bum. I don't, I just don't get it. I just, I think it's, I think it's, the, you know, the, whoever's assigning these matches, get a clue. Keep Ricardo Salazar out of Seattle. Keep him away from Seattle matches, at least for the rest of the year, at least. Because even before this uh, this red card, there had been other instances. And Siggy Schmidt earlier in the year was was he just he he went off at halftime of the game uh, on on Salazar. I mean, I think that was this year. Um, so just with that history. I, I'm, I just don't get it. I just don't get why he's even working the games. I mean, I'd love to. I, I, you know what? I'd love to to dig deeper into this and try to understand what it is. I mean, what? Why Salazar has such a shaky track record of cover of of ref refing Sounders matches? I mean, what? You know what? I, I I'd love to know if there's something deeper there. And I'm sure the conspiracy theories assume there has to be, right? I mean, maybe Salazar. You know, it was a walk on at UCLA and Siggy cut him, or, or you know, something crazy what? like that. I mean, who knows? No, I'm just saying. It's just, is there, you know, because it's almost like there has to be something, right? There has to be some other subplot. And, and, you know, it's funny. I was, I don't know if I should even tell the story, but I was out a couple of months back. And I saw Salazar, right? I saw I saw him out. Mm-hmm. And I, so I asked him, I said, what? I asked him, like, why, <laughs> like, why does Siggy hate you so much, right? And I asked him just to be funny. You asked him that. Yeah, but you know, so it was just funny. He got a lot. He laughed, and he didn't give me any insight, unfortunately. So if he did, then maybe I I would have written about it. Uh, uh, Also, might not have been on the record. 
but I just don't get it. There's 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 no love lost there. Uh, I made the joke on Twitter that you know Siggy has that Siggy Schmidt must have a Ricardo Salazar voodoo doll um, that he you know sticks pins in at this point because it's just crazy, right? So I don't know. I'm going. To, I'm actually going to go to Seattle this weekend. I'll be at the Seattle Vancouver match, and uh, as far as I know, Salazar is not working in the match, and, and he better not be because he should not do another Sounders match this year. Um, I uh, I, I just typed his name into Google. Uh, and I pulled up his wiki, Wikipedia page because, you know, you have to have a Wikipedia page if you're anything in life. Um, and right here it says, there is currently a petition on change.org to draw attention to the consistent controversy <laughs> that seems to follow the games that Salazar officiates. I clicked it. And, and mind you, for everyone who doesn't know, change.org is something that's like really serious stuff like like <laughs> sign this, the, sign this to like help activism. the gays, like to help the, the, the homosexuals in Uganda not get uh, persecuted or... or you know, sign this to, to remove like toxic dump from this school or something like that. So it's always like something serious, right? But um, here it is. It, there's a goal. The goal is to get 2,000 fans. Right now it's at uh, 1,473. They need 527 more before uh, they reach their goal of 2,000. And there's, uh, there's evidence in here and there's a letter to him. It, it's pretty serious. So everyone, go to change.org and I guess sign the petition if you're a Sounders fan. There's my thing, right? <laughs> Seattle, Seattle's fans. They, they, their supporters make some of the best TIFOs or TIFO. I don't know what's the plural on that. They make some of the best TIFO in the league, right? If not the best, them Portland, they, you know, they do great jobs at what point. And, and, and forgive me if I missed it, but at what point does Seattle uh, do the, you know, the, the, the Seattle Sounders fans, at what point do they just do a Salazar TIFO? Right. I mean, we got to see one at some point. I mean, just at this rate, as many as many instances as there have been, as many incidences as there have been, there's, there's got to be a Salazar Tifo coming. There has to be, right? I mean, I don't know. I, maybe no one's thought of that, and now I've given them the idea. But, I, you know, I give them credit. I give them more credit than that. I'm sure it's something they've already thought about. I'd love to see that. I, I think at this point, Sounders fans should seriously consider that because it, it, it could be it could make for some great comic relief. I agree. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at this this petitioner here. It's 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 in full detail. Everyone needs to check this out. It's it's uh, it's uh, created by Adam Calling from Issaquah. I don't know where that is. I probably butchered that too. United States. I'm, I'm assuming that's probably up uh, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Ivis. Uh, let's keep it MLS. The the Philadelphia Union. There was a midweek game. They defeated the Columbus Crew three to zero. Impressive performance by the Union in the first half. Uh, the second half was was a little bit of a uh, of a little boring. But um, the Union jumped out. They scored uh, three goals in about seven minutes. Uh, Brian Carroll had an outstanding game. Connor Casey scored in that game. And uh, for the Philadelphia Philadelphia Union, I, you know, I don't know what. What the crew can really take from this game? I mean, Dominic Gaudreau really was non-existent in this. They couldn't get him the ball up top. But the the Union, I mean, they came out strong and they gave it to the crew in that game. And it was a, that that first half was fun to watch. It was, it was definitely a statement game for the Union. It was, it was a game they needed uh, to kind of get back to being, you know, a legitimate playoff contender. I think they needed to show that, you know, after settling for a draw up in Toronto. Um, Brian Carroll, I tell you what. You want to talk about somebody turning back the clock? Oh yeah, um, you know Carroll. I mean, he's been a steady player, so it's not fair to say. Oh, like it's like he's been terrible for for years. But I would say I think I feel like he's playing as well now as maybe he's ever played since he's been in Philly. 
right? I mean, he's play, he's stepping up his game. And I can't help but wonder how much of that is Cleberson being around, right? I mean, he's another option. He's someone who could be pushing him. So, you know, whatever it is, he it, like you see it. You see the difference that he's making now in midfield for them. Um, um, as for the crew, though, I mean, the crew, they, they're a tough one to call, right? I mean, they, they had their own little unbeaten streak going into that game. Um, they, they had seemed to to be managing without it to Gavin. But I think, you know what, that's just going to be too tough to overcome. I, I think that, that, you know, they're going to miss him. And, uh, you know, unless they, unless they get some real reinforcements in the summer in, in the, uh, you know, on the transfer market or in the trade front, I, I, I just don't see them staying in the real conversation for the playoffs. I think the crew are going to be, I think they're doomed to, to you know, kind of settle for just outside of the playoffs at best. I mean, I haven't seen Iguain, Federico Iguain, uh, you know, last year's uh, Newcomer of the Year, even though he shouldn't have even been up for the award because he didn't play enough games. He was outstanding at the end of last year. But we really haven't quite seen that again, that form. Uh, you know, in the opener, obviously, except for the opener uh, against Chivas. He played really well in that game. But... He's. I, I just haven't seen him getting to that level again. And it's not all on him, too. I think he needs teammates around him to work with him, and it's gonna take. It's gonna take some serious magic for me, Wayne, uh, and several other guys to step up for them to be a serious playoff threat. Right now, as as constituted, I just don't see the crew uh, doing that. Well, the crew are then coming out and, and saying that they need to make some changes. And, and yes, look, the crew have had. Uh, they've had a lot of guys injured, and now Arietta's on uh, national team duty. And you know the crew, it, it just—they've been able to hang on, and 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 they, they just maybe their maybe their luck is running out, Ivis, with the injuries and, and guys on national team duty. And I think that this stretch right here can really make or break their season, possibly. Do you think? I'll tell you what, man. I just think other teams have gotten better, and they didn't. You know, I think New England is 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 on a roll. They added Juan Agadello. They they had some great offseason acquisitions, and Jose Gonzalez is is clearly uh, proven to you know step in and be one of the best center backs in the league. Um, Fagundes coming into his own. He's not an he's not a new acquisition, but he's blossoming. Um, Juan Agadello, that Christmas present courtesy of Chivas USA. Um, he's made a world of difference. So they, New England, they look really strong. Philly. Is maturing. They they came into the season as a young team. I thought they would still have some growing pains, and they and they're still kind of doing that. They're still kind of figuring things out. But I think they got you know they 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 were a young team who who needed to grow up, and now they're growing up. So they're they're passing the crew. They have passed the crew. So you have so right there you have you have too many teams ahead of them already. So I, I think the crew are kind of doomed to be on the outside and behind teams like New England and Philly. Um, uh, speaking of New England, uh, they're taking on DC United this weekend. I, I think that New England, just off of their stretch of run and, and DC United's play, I think the Revolution will will take the victory over DC United. Yeah, you know, I think that that could be Ben Olsen's swan song. Um, that that could be it. I mean, where do you go if you, if you lose this game? Where do you go from there? I mean, the, it's a wrap, right? I mean, their season is done. So they don't come out there. And, and turn in a respectable performance. I mean, they have to go to New England uh, and New England stuff at home. You know, playing on that turf. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know where DC. I don't know where but DC is, is goes. It, is it unfair to say that you almost feel like DC United gave Ben Olsen like a knife to take to a gunfight, almost with just with the team that he has? Because they didn't really add anyone, and 
That's what I said. You know, that's what I said a in knife, the preseason. A knife to oh, a yeah, gunfight. Hey, listen, folks, just <laughs> yeah, that's from a movie, I think. Um, what are you talking about? I just made that up. No, I stole that from right, someone. Yeah, you and Sean Connery and the Untouchables. Um, is that what that's from? Well, there's a line like that. Ah. It involves a, a, a ethnic racial slur as well, but so I won't repeat it. But uh, Sean Connery pretty much says, <laughs> "Just like a blank to bring a knife to a gunfight." Dude, anyway, I, real quickly, Sean Connery and The Rock. That's an aw- that's an awesome movie. Could you be more random? I know. <laughs> could you I be know. More random I know. Than, I know. I'm talking about The Untouchables. It's like an all-time great movie, and you bring up The Rock. Come the Rock's man. awesome. It's with Nicolas right. Cage. Anyway, back on point. See, I've totally forgotten what we're talking about. Oh, DC. <laughs> Any, anyone, who wants to, anyone who wants to go back in, into the SBI show archives and listen to our Eastern Conference preview, I said it then. They just didn't do enough. DC United just did not do enough to improve their team, and other teams did. And not only did they not do enough, uh, to not only did they do enough to, to improve their team, but then the bottom fell out of the team that they had. They had some injuries. Chris Pontius just hasn't really been hasn't really been the player he was last year. Di Rosario hasn't been there, hasn't hasn't been, you know, he's hurt and then he hasn't really been productive. The defense took like three steps back. Oh um, the, the center backs. Brandon McDonald's that, not even playing anymore. And how well, good was he last year? Well that's the thing, right? Brandon McDonald was one of the I think underrated players last year, right? I agree. He, he was outstanding last year for them. I mean, he really stepped his game up. Him and him and uh, Djokovic were solid, right? This year, absolutely the opposite. They've been awful, absolutely awful. Um, so th- you know they're they're just a complete mess. And you know what, Ben Olsen, um, it, it's just such such a tough it's a tough situation for him, right? I mean, the guy he has limited coaching experience, and now he has to deal with like a sinking ship. And he's made mistakes. There is no that de- you can't deny the fact he's he's made mistakes here. He he, uh, you know the whole thing with Carlos Ruiz and, and Carlos Ruiz pretty much complaining to the media about playing time, and then you start him, and then on top of starting him, you bench Dwayne De Rosario. It's like it, 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 I, I, it was like it, a comic comical errors in a row. So you know what I, I'd say? What Ben Olsen. I think if they lose this game, he's done. And uh, I agree with you to an extent that, you know, they didn't – the team itself, the front office didn't do him any favors because they just didn't get better. The, the, their DP, Rafael, uh, the young DP they signed, he's well, – where is he? What's he done, you know? I mean, he had that one beautiful goal. But even before that beautiful goal, I, I my sources in D.C. were telling me, this guy's looking like a bust. This guy is looking like he's not going to be the answer. And, and where is he, folks? Where is he? He's probably packing his bags, getting ready to go back to Brazil. So, you know what? I don't know who's going to take that job. I don't know if Ben Olsen's definitely going to get fired. But I don't think it matters who you bring in at this point. That team Ivis Galarcep, you bring, is a mess. You bring in Ivis Galarcep and Garrett Cleverly. That, that, that's the rule of thumb for everything now. If, if there's a hole somewhere, you bring you and I in, and, and we, we write the I don't the know show. about that. Uh, uh, you know what? Me and uh, – I'll be the GM, and I'll let someone else be the head coach. I don't know if you're. I don't know if I want you to be the head coach in the in the package deal with me. I gotta say. Why? What, what is that supposed to mean? I've heard about. I've heard about your lack of coaching ability. Who says that? I you do. I, 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 <laughs> BS. BS. I coach my Divas FC co-ed team. We're doing pretty good this season. Uh, moving on. Chicago Fire taking up Portland Timbers. Uh, the game is in Chicago. The Mike McGee effect is is being felt already. 
And uh, I mean, you want you wonder going into this game if this is a like a, almost a trap game for the Portland Timbers, where the Fire Kid can really go in and uh, and get a victory. Because for the Portland Timbers, their next game is on uh, June fifteenth against FC Dallas, and you and you hope that Chicago Fire. I mean, they might be licking their their uh, uh, the chops looking at this, saying, "Man, this is a game that we can steal from the Portland Timbers." Well, first things first. It's not a trap game. It's a it's a a bit of a what's the word? Portland is coming into this game seriously <laughs> shorthanded. They're coming they're coming in shorthanded. They are, so it's they not are. like they're overlooking the fire. They're not going to have Donovan Ricketts, Rodney Wallace. Uh, who else here? They're, they've got quite a few guys on international duty. I'm sure I'm forgetting. Uh, oh, Footy Danzo. Footy Danzo was also recently called in. So you know you're, you're talking about three or four starters who are not gonna, not going to be there. Um, so they're, they're, they're not, so for them to keep that, that unbeaten streak going, I mean, man, think about it. They haven't lost since March. They have an 11 match unbeaten streak. And I don't know if Caleb Porter's getting enough credit for, for, for what he's done, turning things around there and turning them into a force. But this is, this is, might be asking a little too much to go to Chicago and beat a, a Chicago team that's really gaining confidence now. Mike McGee and Bakari Samare, you know. Frank Klopas, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know who he prayed, well, who he prayed to, or, or, or how many rosaries he kissed, but he got exactly what he wanted and needed uh, to help turn that team around. He needed, a, he needed a tough center back, a quality center back, and he needed a goal scorer. Now he has both. Now there's no excuses. Now they have a team to start turning things around, and you know they've already started to do that. They got a tie in Salt Lake. And then they won last week. Uh, and I tell you what, I, I like their chances. I think they, I think they beat Portland. Uh, you know, I just think, I think the Timbers just, have, you know, they're going to be missing too many guys. Uh, as much as like, it's tough to even say that because they, they haven't lost since March, and mm-hmm. they've they found a way to plug guys in over and over and over. But I think at a certain point, it's just too much. And I think this is going to be a game. It's going to be like a 1-0 game, but I, I, I'll give the fire the edge in this one. Um, also, Real Salt Lake taking on the LA Galaxy. Um, Keen also on international duty. It's funny, out of all these games that are being played this weekend, the next three games that we're talking about, there's just so many guys that are just on international duty for their teams. Um, but Real Salt Lake is, is pretty much intact, and, and they look also like they are getting healthy at the right time, and players are stepping up for Real Salt Lake. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Real Salt Lake over the LA Galaxy this weekend. That's a tough one. Um, what? Why? Well, I don't know. every time these teams play, man, they, there's fireworks every time. And I know, you know, hey, if Robbie Keane's not gonna play, that's big. Omar Gonzalez is missing, that's big. Um, that's a. Mm. I miss Real Salt Lake. Do it. Come on. Hey, I'm not on a payroll like you are. Oh, um, <laughs> look, look at you! Zing. Yeah, look at um, you. Do-do-ksh. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go draw. I'm gonna go two two draw. I think we're gonna see the you usual stink. fireworks between these teams. I think you know what? L A. After that awful, awful game in New England, getting spanked five zero, Bruce Arena is gonna circle the wagons. Bruce Arena, I am sure this week is gonna get his team together, and they're gonna get a result. They might not get a win. It might be too much to ask for them to get a win in Salt Lake. I think they get a point. I think they get a draw. Well, if we're basing off the Galaxy's results out of their last four games, let's say that they won, they scored four goals, then lost, scored four goals, then lost. So, you know, I, I guess the what they should score four goals against Real Salt Lake if we're looking at that that way. Wow, man. That's, gri- <laughs> that's gripping analysis. <laughs> 
Um, also, Seattle taking on. Opta. You should be Opta. Should I? Opta. <laughs> but, Seattle taking on uh, Vancouver this weekend. I hate you, Ivis. Uh, Seattle, another team that's missing some players. They'll have Obafemi Martins back this week. Uh, you know, there was big talk. Uh, what are they going to do? But hey, Lamar Nagel's really stepped up for Seattle, but they'll also be without uh, Eddie Johnson and Brad Evans. Um, also, I heard on Twitter that um, Spurning house got broken into and things were stolen. Did you see that? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's, we, it's not confirmed. I guess he said it on Facebook that his house broken into. I don't know what that has to do with the game. But um, I will be in Seattle for this game, knock on wood. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you, you know, that's another rivalry. We always hear about Seattle-Portland, but Seattle-Vancouver is a rivalry too. And uh, Vancouver is a team that's starting to kind of warm up. They're starting to come together, um, rally around Martin Rennie a bit. Uh, so this one's this one's going to be a tough one. I think it's a it's a tough one to call. But I, you know what? I like the Sounders um, at home. I think Nagel. This is another game for Nagel to step up. Uh, and Obafemi Martins, you know, he's making the millions. He's the DP. Eddie Johnson's not there. Now it's your turn. Mm-hmm. Now it's your turn to show why you make the big bucks. So uh, you know, no excuses there. So I like Seattle's chances. Uh, Vancouver will make it tough, but I, I will pick the Sounders to win that one. Uh, yeah, I'll go with uh, Seattle, too. I believe this is also the third uh, Cascadia Cup. Ivis, as we wrap up the show today, is there anything that uh, we failed to discuss? Um, I think we I think we touched on everything. Um, the big game on Friday night, mm-hmm. USA Jamaica, if you are... It's on BN Sport as well, also, everyone, not ESPN. Right. It's a, it's a road qualifier, so BN Sport has the rights to all the CONCACAF... Uh, home games outside of USA and Mexico. A uh, little shrewd move on their part. If you don't happen to have be in sport and, uh, you know, you want somewhere to follow the game, make sure you uh, log on to SBI on Friday night. We'll, we will be providing a full live commentary on the match. Um, and we'll also have some more preview material on the match uh, on Friday. So you want to make sure you're checking out all of that coverage and, um, and also, I'll be heading out to Seattle this weekend uh, ahead of that USA-Panama match uh, on Tuesday in Seattle. I will be there Saturday. I'll check out the Sounders-Whitecaps match. Um, I love Seattle. Seattle's a great city. Oh, my never, gosh. Never Here it goes. It. What's that? Here it goes. This is what's going to happen. You're going to come back, and you're going to be like, oh, Seattle's my favorite city now. It's so cool. La, la, la. <laughs> I've actually already been there a few times. So I've already I, I've already let it be known. That I love Seattle. I love the fresh air. The people are nice. The fresh air. You don't have city. you don't have fresh air in Jersey. I'm just saying it's a different kind of <laughs> air. it's a different kind of air. It's that ocean <laughs> air up there. It's different. It's different. You know. <laughs> I know. I'm being. I'm being a. Uh, I'm being a. You know what? I, I know as usual. But uh, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. So we'll be up there. Um, so look, looking forward to, to you know seeing some Sounders fans and U.S. fans making that trip up there. Uh, if you're planning to make that trip, definitely uh, let us know. Let me know on Twitter or on our Facebook page. Uh, it should be a good time. That 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 game is going to be a tough one. And uh, I, you know what? It's I, it, this is an interesting topic mm-hmm. uh, that I that, that you know that you at, for how how long now have folks in Seattle been been asking for a U.S. national team game that mattered? Right? This is they've been asking for it forever. And here we are. Um, what is it? Four days, five days before their game. And it's still not sold out. Now, I get that tickets are expensive. Um, you know, U.S. soccer or whoever's handling it 
Uh, they're definitely trying to get the bang for the buck and trying to get people to pay. Uh, so it's not easy, right? It's, it, it, these are not cheap tickets. That being said, I'm sorry if you you know all, for for as many people as complained about the U.S. going not going there for an important game, there is no excuse, no excuse to miss this game, right? I mean, if you're if you're you know hardcore Seattle fan and you want the U.S. to ever come back, then how do you not show up for this game? You know, um, so I, I think it'll I think it'll sell out. I think the fans will show up, but I have been surprised that you know uh, it hadn't sold out yet to this point. Well, um, I, I think I saw that the Cascadia Cup, uh, I'm sorry, not the Cascadia Cup, the, the game this week in Seattle, Vancouver, I think I saw somewhere that it sold uh, almost 50,000 tickets for that game alone. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, right. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Yeah. And, and you know what? To be fair, to be fair to Seattle fans, tickets to Sounders matches are a lot less expensive um, than, than tickets to a U.S. match. But, I mean, people have known about this match for how long now that the U.S. was going to play uh, qualifier against Panama. This is an important match. I mean, this is, you know, Panama is currently in a qualifying place. They're, they're in one of the top three spots. So you need to beat them. Right. So if, if this game isn't a sellout that I think that's a big, that's a big, uh, big mark against, against the folks in Seattle. But you know what, again, I, I think they'll do it. I think they'll step it up. I mean, it is unfortunate that, you know, you know, the prices are so high that it's pricing some people out of it. Uh, you can't ignore that. I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, it's a business, you know, everyone has to make money, but at the same time, if, if you end up in, if you end up with a situation where you don't have a packed stadium, um, that's not good either. And, and, and that, and the organizers of the game, uh, you know, you can't just, uh, you have to give them a little bit of the blame too. Right. So, um, hopefully there, there's some kind of happy medium there. Hopefully, you know, the fans there step up. And if there are tickets, you know, if there are a lot of tickets still available, hopefully the organizers realize, you know what, it's better us for us to have this place back yep. than to have these tickets just go to waste. So, you or, know, or they, uh, I'm looking for what's that? Or they could just move it down to Phoenix, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, I tell you what, I, I don't know if I've ever been, uh, every, every game I've ever been to in Seattle has had uh, like a packed stadium. I, the games that I've been to in Seattle were Seattle's first MLS game. MLS Cup, and then uh, Sounders Timbers last year. So I've been I've been to some pretty big games. So I'm definitely looking forward to the two that I'm going to see this uh, next week. Sounders Whitecaps, which I, I'm definitely looking forward to that, and and then US Panama, which I, I want to. I'm curious to see how it translates because you know the the atmosphere for Sounders games is is, is amazing, right? But uh, you 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 so, you often hear uh, claims that you know. Seattle and Portland are, are 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 towns where it's more about the club than the country, right? That's kind of this charge that that people have made, or, or, or you know. So it, they're un, they're unpatriotic. How dare they? I don't know if that's what that's <laughs> you know. Again, and this could just be you know people from other areas of the country that just want to hate on them and, and whatever. That, that's what that is. I want to see how I want to see how the, the Seattle fans show you know how they show up. And how they how they support the U.S. I'm really interested to see that from the TIFO or you know I don't even know what the TIFO rules are for the national games, but I just want to see how 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 that plays out on Tuesday. I think it's I mean hey look if if Brad Evans plays in that game you'll you'll see Seattle fans just go nuts. I think <laughs> I don't know if he, well him and Eddie Johnson I think if they both play in that game and I think they could they could definitely yeah it's true play. yeah I think your Klinsman would, would would definitely see the value in that and hey Eddie Johnson's you know. 
he's looked good enough to, to, to merit a look there. But uh, here's hoping it's a sellout, and here's hoping it's an amazing atmosphere because it is absolutely an important game. The U.S. wants to wants to win. Uh, well, Ivis, that wraps up the show today. As always, Ivis, and I appreciate everyone's comments and reviews on the uh, iTunes and the website, soccerbyivis.net. Not .com, .net. Uh, Ivis, have a, uh, have a good time watching the game and uh, have a safe trip to Seattle. Uh, thanks a lot, man. We'll, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking soon. And uh, I know people make fun of us because we wrap up and then we don't wrap up. So I'm just going to talk up this for time. no reason. No, 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 we're, we're wrapping up this time. On a tangent right now. Oh, my God. What are you going to uh, say? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, like like you, like uh, Garrett said, please you know make sure to give us reviews on iTunes. Uh, that definitely helps us out, and and also <laughs> don't be afraid to comment uh, on the site uh, on on the shows, uh, good and bad, and, and and take it easy on Garrett, folks. I know there's one uh, there's a couple of people here and there. Everyone hates on me. If you're gonna talk Everyone... crap on me, at least give us five stars on iTunes. That way, I'll feel better <laughs> about myself. Right, right. So I mean, you know, take it easy on them. You know. I, I don't. I don't want to have to talk him off the ledge every week. It's unfair. Stop it's not it! Fair to him. Stop it! It's you know, not that he's, bad. He's in therapy now. Oh my gosh! It's, stop it's it! Good. It's not stop good. You're really it. killing his. You're killing his. Uh, his confidence. So. I know. I know. It's. It's. Uh, we it's... need good. Re- we need. We need. We need positive reinforcement. <laughs> hey, hey! Positive reinforcement is five stars. Then you can talk crap. That's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, give us props on our music. Uh, even though Garrett seems to play the same four songs. Oh my gosh, that is not true. That is not oh, true man, at I, all. These songs are sound mighty familiar. I haven't repeated a song once. I just like to point that out. I don't think I've repeated songs. Maybe it's oh, just. Oh yes, you have. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Maybe like Lupe Fiasco or like Cuddy or something like that. A few times, a few times. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll see what I bring out for today's show. We'll see. Right. Well, I was, we're wrapping up the show this time. We're not going for fifteen minutes. Uh, like I said, enjoy the game. Have a safe trip. Thanks, man, and uh, hopefully I'll see you out in Salt Lake soon. Oh, oh yeah, that that might not be happening. Oh, all right, it's too close, man. I I gotta leave the next week to go to Dallas for the uh, for the Development Academy playoffs. So <laughs> I know, I know. Oh yeah, heaven forbid, I'm gonna go watch the future of American talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> all right, the, ever- <laughs> the future the future of uh, USL Pro. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, That wraps up the show today. Everyone, thank you for listening. This is the FBI Show.